Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will G, Will B, Will Blackman, 12-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champion and Ollie Hunter with you for another week. Gents, up with you, Will. How are you doing? Another good week in London. Feeling yourself or you just can't? Now, I feel like all the cold and the rain and everything is set in in the last few days. Maybe that's a reality check. You know what? I, I appreciate the seasons. I grew up and was raised in the seasons. I played football my whole life in the seasons. So I do appreciate a sample of the seasons. I thought I saw a little bit of snow yesterday. Maybe that was just a crosswind from the rain. But I appreciate that. But it's been confusing. Like one day it's it's like really hot, 70 degrees for us. Okay. <laughs> and the other days, it's pretty cool. But I like it. I like being aware of jacket. What about you, Ollie? Are you a seasonal man? No, no I'm, I'm all about the seasons. Autumn's the best season. Jackets are the great. Uh, hoodies. I'm all, and Will, you're sporting a magnificent hoodie today. Uh, and the backwards hat. I, I wish I could do the back. I'm going to do the backwards hat. That's it. No, but, I, li- but, I, no, but I like your hat. See, now you look like you're commentating baseball. Now you're doing football. There you go. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go. Now back. you look like you're driving one of the. In fact, actually, we are short on truckers in this country. Ollie. So yeah. with that hat and that beard, could you go and start just driving some fuel around so I can actually fill oh my, my car? Gosh. Oh, man. I was waiting. I've Well, two days ago, I spent an hour and a half just driving around my local area, Will, which is Epsom, about uh, 13, 14 miles southwest of, of London. And I've spent an hour and a half looking for fuel. Couldn't find any. Still got no fuel. Well, you should just just go on Amazon and buy a jetpack and you'll be okay. Okay. (laughs) And and to be fair, I couldn't buy a jetpack because I don't think I passed the weight limit, but Ollie would just, you know, hang around in one. It'd be perfect. Uh, Right. Just before we get into things, just a reminder, really good reaction to it last week. Now that you are able to go back out to the US and, and by the way, possible little trip that I'm lining up as well, Ollie, that I might speak to you after this call. Little trip to Green Bay for Packers Seahawks, possibly in a few weeks' time. Uh, but if you want to go out, you should go out with search down trips and on the Gridiron Sunshine Tour, 19th to the 29th of November. They're doing six games in 10 days. That includes Thanksgiving in New Orleans. And I mean, New Orleans, any time of the year is a party. But Thanksgiving, I bet that's going to be an absolute riot. Uh, it's really good fun. Me and Ollie have done it before. Uh, go to touchdowntrips.com forward slash gridiron tour to find out more. Uh, we're going to do coming up on the show. We are going to talk some football. That's the point of us being here. Last week, we talked about teams that should panic, who are with winless for the season. This week, we're going to talk about the teams who are 3-0, and maybe those ones who are slightly unexpected 3-0, and and the ones that we have confidence in or not. But let's get into a bit of the news of the week first, and with Will B on. This is perfect. Looking at the defensive backfield, I'm not going to lie, Will, I was livid when I woke up to this news after having to watch... Livid? 49ers on uh, Sunday Night Football. I figured with the injuries, Richard Sherman would be announced within a couple of days. Instead... Bruce Arians, the team in Tampa Bay, they go and swoop Richard Sherman on a one-year $2.25 million deal, joining you know uh, a great secondary last year that was very young, uh, inexperienced, quite a few draft picks back there, but really performed, few injuries, and they bring in uh, an experienced head, one of the best corners to play over the last 15 or so years. So, Will, your thoughts on Sherman to Tampa Bay? Well, one... You can't you can't be livid about that, you know. You I have am, to put so, no, but sorry. but think about it though, because anytime you have to put yourself in this situation, I get to go play with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Done. I get it. You may not like it, but you have to get it. 
You can't be livid. You... Oh, I'm not angry at Richard Sherman. I'm angry at the organization for not. Well, they were. They in. were. Yeah, they were in consideration. But yeah, I actually spoke to Richard a few weeks ago, and he told me like, yeah, he said he's he might fly out to Tampa for a workout and talk to them. So yeah, he told me they were on the radar. But I think this is a great situation. He definitely wants to. You know, at this point in his career, you want to keep going to contenders. You don't want to just keep playing, you know, for the sake of playing and being in a bad situation. And this is something that they do need. Right. They did get decimated in the secondary uh, with injuries. You know, the first one was Sean Bunting, who had an outstanding postseason. I think he had three interceptions tying Ed Reed, you know, um, for like the most in in the playoffs situation, I believe it is. Um, But, yeah, what he's going to bring is. Sure, he may not be like as physically gifted as he was back in the Seattle days, but as you mentioned, he was a Pro Bowl in 2019. He played extremely well, but what he is going to bring is his high IQ. And the the beauty of having a high IQ is that he's able to process things before they happen. So he'll see different shifts, formations, whatever down a distance and he's he'll know what the play is going to happen and if you know something's going to happen in advance and obviously you'll be able to get a beat on it so it's not only just gonna he's gonna bring that but he's gonna help everyone else around him so yes say if they are struggling with depth on in the other areas in the secondary he's able to help those guys be in position to make plays so i think this is this was a major major necessity for tampa bay and you know kudos to sherman for just you know, waiting on the right situation, and, and this is it. As you like, pointed out as well, sorry, that, that, that in that secondary, you know, great postseason from them, but there's nobody in there starting four, five, even, you know, nickel and dime packages who was drafted any later than, than 2018. So nobody who's a four-year vet even. Which, which is yet. fine, which is fine because they were playing well. It's just tough when, you know, guys – those starters who are young are getting injured because in your depth, yes, they may have, there are some players on there who have been there longer, but may not have had the actual field experience. Go ahead, Ali. Well, and you, there are a couple of things you get on the offensive side. You've got all of those leaders uh, in Gronk and Brady, but on the defensive side, he comes in and he brings in that leadership aspect as well. Um, So we know how much of a leader he is. And also he is one of those corners that, you don't throw at or you you didn't throw at when he was in his pomp. So like currently Jair Alexander or Jalen Ramsey, you don't throw to that side of the field that he's that they're on. And if he can bring anywhere near that kind of um, form that he did have when people didn't throw at him, that shuts down one side of the defense and they can either offenses can concentrate on the other and the defense can con- concentrate on the other side and shoring that up. So if they get anywhere near the kind of player that he was, it can only be a good thing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And how did how does Tom Brady do it? Uh, and it, consistency, bringing in players that are either un, unwanted but have proven quality time and time again, and then they end up going and doing something special with that organization. Leonard Fournette being a prime example. So I think it's a really good, really good move by the Bucs. Yeah, he. Um, the, the thing too is right now. I agree in terms of Sherm in that situation but when he wasn't San Fran guys did you know go after him you know the one notable notable is the one the Super Bowl Sammy Watkins you know took him deep for that one touchdown pass but the cool thing is Richard did say he, he lost about 10 to 15 pounds he's back to his legion of boom weight you know when he was in his prime then and he, he's feeling really good and I think he had a really good chance to really assess and feel himself 
33 years old, that's still, I mean, people consider it old, but Charles Woodson won defense play of the year at 33 years old himself uh, when he was in Green Bay. And so, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be really, really cool to see. And you're right, a lot of there is a lot of leadership on the offense, but there's also a lot too. You know, defensive line with JPP and Dominican Sue, and you go to the linebackers, Alante David and Devin Smith, you know, those are right there. But right, they they definitely need somebody in the secondary, and he's the perfect guy. Yeah, and uh, you, that's interesting you mentioned about Tom Brady because I was almost surprised when we saw Josh Gordon reinstated this week by the NFL. I almost expected him to land in Tampa Bay. It just felt like one. I of mean, those that's but that's even Tom worse. Brady He's going landing. to Kansas City. That's even worse. There's no. That's not even different. What's funny about that situation in Kansas City as well is that everyone was going. Ah, oh, do you know what? When you watch them through the first three games this season, there looks like there's a real problem if you take away their first. You know, first retake of the first couple of guys, maybe there isn't the depth of quality there. And they go, oh, it's fine. We'll just sign one of the most talented wide receivers of recent memory who has had his problems. But you feel like with Andy Reid, with the right situation, there's no reason he can't be incredibly explosive as a second. Because well, he has low mileage. Mm-hmm. He is still super talented and has low mileage. The thing is, right, can he just take care of himself and be there? Because in terms of a gifted football player he is definitely maybe number one that i have ever faced in terms of covering a wow. receiver i mean there there is there is nothing physically he cannot do he is he is built like you know like a leaner dk metcalf but he can run like calvin johnson he can run routes like odell he is physical like terrell owens and it's just like it's it's unreal so i i witnessed that and i'm like gosh man if he can just get it together man and i'm just so glad he's getting another opportunity and, and he'll, you know he'll be around a lot of positive people and you know there are some guys in that team who who dealt with their fair share of stuff so hopefully you know they love on him and, and do that but i'm excited to see that the other big move a defensive back this week was uh cj henderson uh, after JC Horn went on to IR, the Carolina Panthers went and made a move for the former top 10 pick, only a top 10 pick just over a year ago in Jacksonville. Uh, they get, you know, Henderson and a fifth rounder in exchange for Dan Arnold and a third rounder. So a, a, a backup tight end and an exchange of fifth and third round picks. It's it's not a huge amount to pay for a guy who's just gone nine overall and missed a lot of his, as much as he didn't live up to expectations early, missed a lot of his rookie season through injury. And so for me, this feels no brainer to Carolina that you can get a guy with that much upside for not a huge amount of return. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, it was a situation where, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't drafted by that general, that, by that uh, front office in Jacksonville, you know, uh, Dave Caldwell, I believe was the guy. And uh, yeah, this is definitely a, a major need for, for them, for Carolina. And, you know, there was something that, you know, Jacksonville was just looking to move on from. I, I really like this situation for CJ Henderson. It kind of, kind of reminds me of, you know, Minka leaving Miami, Minka Fitzpatrick going to Pittsburgh, you know, situation where he was just like, man, you, you believe in how talented he is. And, you know, he, he actually fought his way to get out of there and he did. And he ended up being one of the best safeties or just football players in general. And I had the pleasure of, of meeting CJ Henderson and work with him a little bit. Um, we were, we met at Deion Sanders, uh, one of his camps uh, hosted by Under Armour. And I got to know him. I was like, gosh, this kid is like so mature and, and extremely talented. And I actually projected him to go to Jacksonville. 
And um, but yeah, I think this is good. This is a really, really exciting young defense in Carolina. And then when I get JC Hornback, now they're going to have two healthy first round you know, corners, two young, outstanding cornerbacks there. So, yeah, I think this is great. You know, I, I love I love the theme of, you know, if things are going right in one place then go to another place and get a fresh start. And we see it right now with Sam Donald in Carolina who got a fresh start and he's in the right situation. So uh, this young defense is definitely going to uh, elevate CJ's play. And they've, if you look at the, the measurables and side to side, they're very, very similar players athletically and physically. Obviously, there's different stuff going on up here in the head, but um, they, they have similar kind of uh, playing styles as well, both in co- good in coverage. Um, what I find interesting, though, if I'm if I'm looking at the the very limited film that I've seen, is that uh, they play on opposite sides of the field. Will is there a difference in in how you play the game when you're playing either on the left or on the right? Uh, I know when I'm playing football, soccer, uh, and I'm playing right back, if I have to move to left back, I'm an absolute. Uh, it's 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 a really hard more of a thing to do. Yes. No. Yeah. No. That's that's fair. That's fair because I know some players where, like me, it didn't matter. I can go anywhere. You know. Obviously, sure. You're you're more comfortable in one spot than the other. But I knew, like Al Harris, he was a right cornerback. Period. Right side. That was it. Not going to travel. Right side. Even though he did play nickel when he was in Philly. But right side. But yeah, it is. I mean, a little different. Me. Um. I don't know. I'm right handed, left footed, so I can stand both ways. It's not a problem. Um, but yeah, especially in this day and age, you're going to have to move around a lot. But like I mentioned, he's, he's going to a situation where a lot of young, talented players, I mean, I didn't even mention Dante Jackson, who is the number one corner on that, on that team. Uh, he was a second round pick. Jeremy Chin was a second round pick. Jack Thompson was a first round pick. Um, Brian Burns, first round pick. Derek Brown, first round pick. Jack Thompson, first round pick. Like they have a lot of, a lot of like, you know, first round and second round capital that's making plays for this team. So for them to keep building on it, this is just exciting for this defense. It is exciting as well, because when they lose Christian McCaffrey um, and they lose JC Horn sort of similar times, they're going to have to shore something up and at being three and oh, and seeing that this is a really good opportunity to uh, ride the coattails of Tampa Bay, even though Tampa Bay have, have lost the game. Um, the New Orleans saints are coming back. It's a really good opportunity to, make that playoff push. So I like what they've done there. They've decided, right, we've seen a, we've seen a disadvantage in our, in our defense. Let's shore that up and uh, keep that momentum going. So it's a good move from the Panthers. From their perspective, I, I think like, and this leads us on nicely. We wanted to talk about three and O teams this week. And, and as people who are regulars will know, I'm very much aboard the Matt rule hype train. So excited to see how the Panthers have started off. Okay. You have to look at who the opposition. I bought been. a ticket, but I didn't get on the, on the, I didn't get on the bus yet. I didn't get on the train yet. I bought a ticket. Well, look, you are welcome on board at any moment. Will Batman. After this, is... this Dallas game, I will, I will let you know. This keeping... is the game. This is the game I'm waiting for. <laughs> I'm keeping a seat warm for you. Sim- I mean, similarly, is the case of, and we'll talk about the Broncos, but you have to look at the fact they have played the Texans. They have played the Jets, relatively talent-poor teams. And okay, they manhandled the Saints, but they look like one of those kind of roller coaster teams potentially this season who might be a different prospect or might take a while to figure themselves out. You mentioned it already, Ollie. What do we think about this offense, Sam Darnold, what we've seen so far, and then how they're going to survive with Chubba Hubbard in instead of Christian McCaffrey, Chuba. I know it it's sounds, hard. I know you it's Chuba, 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 but Chuba it's, sounds way better. Yeah, I know it I does, get doesn't it? it? <laughs> Chuba like Tuba. That's how I'm going to remember it. Chuba like Tuba Hubbard. 
Uh, tuba Hubert. That doesn't really work. Either, does it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think about it. Like a tuba has one B, right? Uh, you. It's very difficult to look beyond losing one of the very best skill position players in the NFL, particularly when Christian McCaffrey is a guy you can split out wide, play out the slot, have as a, you know, East Coast running back, have run the ball down your gut as well. And I don't know, I'm, I am excited to see what they do with it, but also a little bit, you know, this could be where Joe Brady really proves those head coaching murmurs that are going on because if you can make them work without Christian McCaffrey will that could be something special yeah um it it definitely could be you know definitely look for you know he's been going to DJ Moore Robbie Anderson to step up um Terrace Marshall we'll see you know what that what that goes but so far Sam's been playing you know his obviously the three and hit but his best football um you know 68 percent is is a huge jump from uh, his last year total was 59 year before that was 61. And then his rookie year was 57%. So, I mean, you're talking about a whole, like a 10, 10% jump um, in terms of what he's doing uh, as a quarterback. And, and so far only one interception. So I, I just love again, how comfortable he is. And you would be um, in that situation, especially when you have two coaches who are really trying to prove themselves uh, in, in the National Football League who came from college and they're going to give you everything and put themselves and put you and themselves in a great situation. So um, I, I I see a lot of the things that Sam Donald was known for doing when he was at the University of South Carolina, USC. Um, but yeah, I, I that's why this is going to be this is a huge test all over the place for Carolina to see truly where they where they are at, because. Um, Dallas right now is just explosive. And they were five-win team last year when they lost McCaffrey around the same time. Joe Brady was still, or was the, the, the coordinator, the offensive coordinator then as well. But second year, and they've it seems like they've found a, a match, a personnel match um, in, in Sam Darnold as well. Sam Darnold, by the way, yet to play a snap when his team is training. So, that will be put to the test against um, against the Cowboys this week. So we'll see. We, we, we will see. Um, I, they need to get more out of Roby Anderson for me. And I think now is the time that some of these guys are going to step up. He's got to stretch that stretch that field a little bit more. Um, but he's already got that relationship um, with, with Sam Donald. So, yeah, exciting stuff from the, for the Panthers. And look, McCaffrey, he could be out anything from it, they're so vague aren't they when it comes to these hamstring injuries but what six to eight weeks and well, okay. um, it's, it's how they respond you know it's, yeah. you just don't know you know it's and it depends on where it is i don't know if it's higher or lower um i think the i think the wherever if it's, if the hamstring tear is near the attachment it's you have a better chance but if it's like right in the middle like the belly of the hamstring that's where it is tougher uh more tough so yeah, it, it is. It depends on their response. I know that they're, they're using the numbers based on their experience, but it also it truly does depend on how he responds. He's a quick healer as well, I think, um, despite the 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 the, um, the injury last year um, throughout his college and and early part of his his career. He's been a, known to come back from injuries quicker than some people. So uh, fingers crossed, because I love CMC. So there are four other 3-0 teams, the Cardinals and the Rams in the West, the, well, the Broncos and the Raiders all coming out of the West, NFC uh, and AFC. Uh, the question is, of those 3-0 teams, who you maybe have the most 
and the least confidence over. Look, I'm going to start us out with talking about the Broncos because there's been a lot of jibes in the Broncos direction around the fact that they have played maybe the three worst teams in the NFL over the first three games. Certainly in a lot of power rankings, you'll find that the three teams they've played are 30, 31 and 32. Obviously, you can only beat what's in front of you. But is the bigger concern the injuries? Is the bigger concern that they've lost seven starters over those three games? Is this sustainable in Denver? Ollie, I'll come to you first. I think for the for the foreseeable, it very well very well maybe because what you're what you've got is a, an excellent defense. Von Miller's back. The defense is playing lights out. They they're coming off a shutting out. I know it was against the Jets, but anytime you put a bagel on a team, you expect that you expect them to come back with confidence throughout and. The offense with Teddy Bridgewater and Von Miller spoken about the leadership of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Cortland Sutton is back. I love Cortland Sutton after a horrible year last year when he got injured. He's back catching, catching passes, making plays. Um, Tim Patrick is a nice alternative. And it seems like they've got the, the Chargers version of Melvin Gordon III. So all of that is coming together. So they've actually got the Ravens coming this week. Uh, Two mile high, which is which is absolutely it's the best thing that the Broncos could have because all right, the Ravens they've had very close wins and and Justin Tucker, <laughs> who knows he might kick a sixty seven yard field goal with a mile with a mile up in the uh, in the air. So uh, put, keep your eyes on that one. But actually, it's the best thing that they can have uh, to protect their three and O with all of those injuries. But coming back to mile high, we know what mile high is like as a as a place to go for. Um, for opposing teams. So I actually think um, that the Broncos will beat the Ravens this week Ooh. and carry on their 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 Spicy. winning record. Yeah. Spicy. I like it a lot. I, I have concerns with the, you mentioned the wide receivers in the, I mean, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, both talented receivers, but losing both KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy, I'm worried it becomes maybe a little bit one-dimensional. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's played really well up until this point but we yet to see him play a really top-end defence, so I guess that would be my concern. Will, anything to add on the Denver Broncos, or would you like to pick out one of the other three to talk about? Um, I mean, I think they are the least promising, and I will go – I understand it's whoever you're, you're, you're put in front of and you you got to play, but, um, you know, I think these next three games, right, they have Baltimore, they have the, the Steelers and the Raiders – actually, and the Browns, you know, coming up. So this is like a good window to see um, who they really are. So right now, my, my um, probably one of my favorite three and O teams is, is the Raiders uh, simply because of who they beat in front of them already. You know, they beat the Ravens at home. They went to Pittsburgh and just decimated them. It wasn't even close uh, to whereas now Pittsburgh is like in shambles trying to figure things out. I really love just how, this team is truly playing together. You know, they, Darren Waller, who's obviously their star, he had, you know, things he dealt with in terms of addiction and they just loved, loved him and, to, you know, brought him in. And then, you know, Max Crosby, he had issues too, and he built his body up and they took care of him. You know, they have the first, you know, openly gay player playing and he had like a game winning sack and they loved on him. So like, I think just as a, an entire team, uh, they are just, playing 
outstanding. You know, they're playing championship level football. You know, Derek Carr is playing. He's right now probably the leader for MVP. Um, so, yeah, I just they're my favorite three and old team right now. Ollie, you've never bought into the Raiders hugely. They... Well, no, that's not true. Last year, I, I I changed my mind. I did a complete U-turn on John Gruden, and um, I've really enjoyed watching them play. That game against uh, the the Dolphins last week was was outrageous. It was such a fun game to watch. <laughs> they're, they're undoubtedly fun, that's to be said, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, they, they are fun. But when they're getting across the line, and it's always difficult when you're a West Coast team, you've gone East or vice versa, but it's always difficult when you, you're playing two games on the road, back to back, no buy or whatever, and you've gone to Pittsburgh and then you've gone to Miami. And all right, Miami um, with with Brissett coming in for two, well, perceivably it was going to be easier because they were coming off a terrible defeat. But it's always going to be difficult. And to get across the line, and I totally agree with you, Will, the way that Derek Carr's playing at the moment is the kind of the Derek Carr that uh, that we saw in flashes in the first three years of his career that we kind of thought may happen or may come to fruition um, maybe a little bit earlier than it has. But he's playing some really good stuff. And is and you mentioned Darren Waller. Is Darren Waller the second best tight end in the league? I'm sorry, Will. So Gronk, then Darren Waller. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I, I think he he's very much entered himself into that conversation in the last two years. Like there is no longer, I think going into last season, we were probably looking at that top tier was the Kelsey Kittle situation. And then Waller was in the conversation behind. Yeah, Gronk's been brilliant through three weeks, to be fair. I made That's a true. joke about yeah. it, but he has been superb early on. We need to see how he stretches out over 17 games. But yeah, I, I, I love Darren Waller. I, they are so much fun to watch, which yeah. I have some concerns that the defense can keep up the rate that they're going, like the, the, the rate that they're registering pressures, the rate that they're managing to, to make those big plays, those big game-changing plays that, could level out over the season. But you know, right now, I don't think there's any reason to doubt it. It's just something that you know, keep yeah, an if, eye on. If, if they're playing this well early on with the new defense, um, I think that that communication and that energy continues to get better um, because it's, it's, very, it's, an, it's an outstanding defense where it allows you to play fast and initially, it does take a little bit to understand the communication, even though it's, it's pretty simple in terms of the assignment, but it's key to speak. And I say that because Dallas plays a very similar defense. You know, Dan Quinn and, and mm-hmm. you know, was in Seattle too. And week one, Dallas had to figure out that communication. However, they were playing extremely fast, like running to the football, lights out. You know, that was the big concern with them last year was a lack of effort to the football. Um, prime example was Odell's reverse touchdown where he just ran all over them on the sideline and scored. But uh, I see right now it's, it's, it's really cool. And, and it was, and it was smart for Gus to bring, you know, Casey Hayward, who's a veteran in that defense played with him in, in the chargers. And then also Yannick and who was with him in Jacksonville, two guys who really, really understand this. And Gus is one heck of a coach who definitely helps to have him who is a former head coach, you know, himself. I guess my big question, Mark, when you look at the NFC West teams, and I think everyone on this call was pretty high on the Rams going into the season, and and I don't think they've done anything to to disprove that. 
with the Cardinals, I am intrigued to see how they keep this up now. They need to go to Los Angeles. They face the 49ers twice in a, in a four or five week stretch. They have to go to Cleveland. They've got the Packers. Like five of the next six games are really tough. And I, I'm still yet to see that the coaching is the thing that's winning them games. It looks like to me still it's individual play and it's brilliance of, of skill position and it's brilliance of the players that's winning it, not necessarily scheme system. And when you come up against better teams who know how to take those things away from you, I'm not saying I expect them to take a drop off, but they are the one I probably the bigger question mark over whether or not this is sustainable. And that is behind the guy who I think is leading the MVP race right now, which is Kyler Murray, who has been just sensational again, fun to watch much like Derek Carr, but playing a, a level above even what we'd seen previously. Yeah, I mean, if if there's a team that understands how to get to him, it is it is the Rams. Now, I would I would be interested if this was in Arizona, but this is in LA. And the Los Angeles Rams are built for this type of environment. They are built for showtime, they're built for primetime. Starting with their head coach, Sean McVay, like there is no other head coach in the NFL that could be here um, that could coach the Rams with this type of app who fits them better than Sean McVay. He's like, he is a ham. He is built for the spotlight and he knows like, look, it's, it's time to turn it up and they're going to have a lot of things offensively for the Cardinals. So I'm curious to see one, if they can even get to Stafford um, and if they even tried to, the ball's going to be all faster. So do they have enough, firepower defensively in the secondary to try to stop all these guys because right Cooper cup is, he has been, he's one of the MVP candidates. He's been outstanding. Then all of a sudden you just go into the book bag and you just bring out Deshaun. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, you know, to run like three deep routes with some fresh legs. We haven't even seen Robert Woods get started. You know, that's, that's another receiver, you know, Higby, like all these guys are just, are just excited and ready to go. Um, so but yeah, if, but right now, I really love where Kyler Murray is at mentally. I think now the game has completely slowed down for him. You know, now he's in that zone like, like Neo in the Matrix, where he just, <laughs> everything is just like in slow motion and he sees it. You know, he, is, he does not panic. Like there's, a, there's a bunch of pass rush coming at him. He just runs around, just rolls to his left, does a 360, and then just chucks it. And it looks like it looks like a hell Mary, but he's he's doing that on purpose. I, I think there are times when you watch him, and, and it's an obvious and maybe boorish comparison to make because of the scrambling. But there are times where I watch him, and I think just switch that out for a green and blue uniform, and, and that could be Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL over the last eight years. Like he's reaching those levels of play, and actually, I think with his legs, he's doing more than Wilson's done at any point in his career. Well, because he, he's he's way faster than Russell. Yeah, yeah. Um, But in terms of, yes, in terms of creativity, exactly. Same thing, where it looks like you're like, dude, what is going on? But he's like, no, I'm just giving my guys time to get open, you know? It's a terrifying division. It's an absolutely ridiculous. It is they, do, they do have a few offensive injury concerns. Um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is not practicing on, as, as we... As we speak on Wednesday, he wasn't practicing. Uh, we're recording this Thursday, guys. But um, there's a, there's three guys on the offensive line as well who who haven't practiced on Wednesday. So there are some issues. And if there are guys not practicing and and not are not going to be a hundred percent 
when they're coming up against Aaron Donald on Sunday. So you worry a bit for Kyler Murray, but he has, as as you said, Will, he's um, the game slowed down for him. He's making far better decisions, and he's he's so elusive that <laughs> that you kind of back him to get away from Aaron Donald et al. Um, not nine times out of ten, but maybe half the time. Maybe I don't know. So it's a it's a mega matchup. It's an incredible matchup, and definitely the game of the weekend. Love it. I mean, that's amazing that that's the game of the weekend, considering it's a pretty damn good slate, left, right and centre. And I'm going to ask you for a couple of picks of games we've maybe not talked about yet. No, but really quick, before you move on to that, yeah, I want yeah. to say, like, cool. like it's, it's yeah, I understand, like, DeAndre is, he's the guy. But what's wild is, like, you know, everyone's forgotten about AJ Green um, because of his injury history, his health. But he had 100 yards last week. And, and a touchdown um, where he just stiffed on the receiver, made two really good catches. So, so it's like, man, if he catches on, then that's, you know, dangerous. Rondell Moore is already someone who's dangerous um, right now, showing his speed. Christian Kirk is so like the, all these guys are just playing. Well, off James Connor is, is healthy. So, yeah. They've, they, they've got there. five receivers who have over 15 targets already this season. DeAndre Hopkins only fourth in terms of receiving yards right now. All incredible. And AJ Green's a great one because his Hall of Fame argument, some people were starting to say was waning because he was so good for the first five or six years of his career. And then just the injury troubles and everything else. And people kind of forgot that there was that stretch where the Bengals with Marvin Jones went to the playoffs year after year after year. And he was a huge part of that early on in his career. So yeah, I'd love to see a late career blossom from AJ Green. He's been a favorite to watch for a, a long time. And he, Let- and it's the perfect, sorry, well, it's the perfect yeah. person to come in to replace Larry Fitzgerald in, when it comes to experience. Um, yeah. Because Larry Larry leaving was was harsh on hard on us all because um, we love him, but AJ Green coming in is so much experience that um, yeah it, it it it's perfect for that um, for that receive, receiving core that receiving room um, for him to come in. So yeah. Uh, but before I grab a matchup that you guys are excited to see this week. Let's just talk Sunday night football because it's been the one that was circled on everyone's calendars. The moment they released the schedule, the moment you knew that Tom Brady was going to be heading to New England this season. Everyone looked out for it. It's week four prime time, and some of the spiciness is already underway. Uh, Belichick talking about how it's going to be easy to read because it's the same offense that he ran under him essentially for 18, 19 years. Uh, you know, Brady firing back that he knows what they're how they're going to plan and prepare for the game. It's fair to say that these are two franchises in a very different place right now. So is there any part where, you know, you think New England will could ruin the Brady return party? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is possible. He's yet the greatest quarterback going against the greatest coach who used to play against one another. So they know everything each other is going to do. Brady already said, I know what the locker room speech is going to be. I know what the whole week is going to be in terms of the game plan. Um, so, and then you have Bill Belichick, who's one of the best in terms of schematically what he can do. But right now this, uh, we are not sure about this Patriots offense. You know, that's, that's been, that, that's been the issue as of late, you know, lots of drops, you know, one of the drops from John Smith led to a pick six. So if there's anywhere, that's a huge advantage. It is, you know, the Bucks defense versus, you know, the Patriots offense. So, yeah, I mean, sure, we can go into find out what's 
what we're excited for this week, but I, I marked this out as soon as I saw this on the slate like months ago. So this is the one that I am. I'm, I'm eating up all the week long previews. There is no way that they can beat this to dead. Like I am watching every storyline, every preview, every interview. This is the hype. There is, you cannot, if you get sick of this, you don't like football period. Okay. You, you, you did, uh, you did say to me on Sunday night when we were messaging around the Packers 49ers game and I was getting increasingly stressed out during the first half <laughs> just, just to go to bed. There's no way you're going to bed this Sunday night, right? <sighs> I can't go to bed this Sunday night. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you can come in the studio if you want. We'll be watching it on the big TV. It'll be fun. <laughs> That's not happening either. No, it's a great view here, Will. So, you know, it's a part of the, <laughs> it, it, it's a magnificent view across uh, across East London. So, you know, you're missing out. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do it after doing eight yeah, you're hours right. of TV or whatever it is. But, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, like watching you in the comfort just, of, just of my place. <laughs> um, you mentioned that Patriots offense this past week. Uh, Johnny Smith maybe had as bad a game from a free agent signing from a guy he liked a lot going to New England, as you could possibly say, it was four drops last week alone. And they've run a lot of two tight end and him and Hunter Henry, neither have really got going yet. They had the fumble problems in week one. Like Mac Jones didn't even play that badly last week. There were a few plays that kind of got away from him a few where you could see that they throw something at him that took a little bit of processing, but it's, you can't be a one-man band. <laughs> you need everyone to be pulling together. And the offensive line, which is on paper, one of the very best in the NFL, just hasn't stepped up through the first three weeks. I just, I don't know. Nothing seems to be coming to quite together on that side of the ball yet. And the one player that has been on that offense that you think, right, he's he's been really good. Maybe he's he's had a little resurgence in his career. <laughs> I say resurgence after last year. I mean, the guy that he is in James White, he then goes out injured. And it didn't practice this week. We don't know what his injury status is going to be. Um, and he's the guy that, with that experience as well, um, that makes him tick. So you, you have to worry about that. Uh, Bill Belichick has been brilliant uh, in the lead up to this already. He said, um, it's the offense about Brady. It's the offense he's run his whole career. Well, I mean, as it's evolved here. But, you know, the running game is the running game. The running game is different, but the passing game is the passing game. That's pretty similar. I mean, you could almost call almost every play from the flare control to protection, you know, similar to the way we do it. So he's already firing shots at the Tampa Bay offense and and saying that he knows exactly what play is going to come um, and when and, and all of that. So it's an amazing turn of events. It's incredible. And there are a lot of Pats fans that don't know what to do. They don't know they don't know how to hold themselves What with Brady coming in back to their building. It's amazing. It's a great storyline. Yeah. Um, so yeah, James White. He's actually, I think he's out for the year with his hip injury. Oh yeah. man! So yeah, and that's right. You know, right after they traded away Sony Michelle um, to to the Rams. So yeah, I mean, who knows? I know, I know the the veterans are they're all on defense, and so they understand the stake of what kind of game this is. So yeah, it it is is it's going to be the the Patriots offense versus the. Um, you know, the Bucks defense and yeah, I'm sure Brady's going to have everybody ready to rock. I'm, I think he wants this more than anything. You know, I'm sure Bill wants to be him obviously, but I think with more so for Brady, cause he's actually coming here too. So, and also he's, he's most likely going to break the passing record within the first series. 
<laughs> you yeah. know. He's going to come out and throw five straight passes just to make sure that, you know, it, that he can get that there. And the fact that that has fallen on the same week, just needing 68 yards to surpass Drew Brees is, is sensational. Well, right, rightfully, if he was going to yeah. break it anywhere, like rightfully so, it should be in New England, period. Okay. I mean, it, it should be, it should be there. And we'll see if, if AB ends up being healthy. But I, I mean, if they're, if they're probably on the 20 yard line, He's 30 yard line. Be ready. He's queuing it up. It's going deep. And and the one that uh, that breaks the record's definitely definitely going to Gronk, right? Uh, that that's uh, that's happening. <laughs> um, which of uh, Brady's six Patriot Super Bowl wins do you think and rings he would trade for a win against uh, Belichick? I reckon none. it's the Ram. I think it's the Rams uh, snooze fest. Uh, I, I, would tra- he would trade I, none. I think that's one of his favorites. I honestly do. <laughs> I th- it's Bill Belichick's favorite, definitely. Yeah. Which one would he trade? Yeah, trade none. <laughs> he loves having seven. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's looking. He wants all ten. He wants one on each. Um, uh, let's eleven. Look. He's yeah. got eleven fingers, mate. <laughs> Don't know what you mean by that, and I'm going to move on. Uh, the no, right, the rest of the week for slate, and actually, it's a really because there's so much focus on this game. It's a cracking slate of games this week in general. That nine o'clock window where you've got the two divisional NFC West matchups. Uh, you've got that Ravens Broncos game we talked about. You got the Steelers having to go to Green Bay and all the problems that they've got right now. What else is kind of catching the eye for you guys this week before we wrap up? What is there a game? Uh, Ollie and Will that you want to mention that you just think we've not given that any love and it deserves a bit of love. Um, I think it would be interesting. I'm not really looking forward to this, but I think it'd be interesting when Kansas city goes to Philly um, just Reason. to see what Kansas city is going to do. You know, they're obviously they were in disarray. What's going on with everything, you know, they lost and Andy Reed going to the hospital, but now Andy Reed is going back to Philly you got the Kelsey brothers meeting up, you know, out there. And so, yeah, just to see how they respond, if, if they come out and they just light it up or are they still trying to figure things out, especially on the defensive side. And so, yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes and to see if, um, you know, what Sirianni does with Jalen Hurts, you know, if he's going to use more quarterback runs because they have a decimated offensive line, like if that's what he's going to look forward to do. And then the other one is – I, I actually I like the Raiders, you know, beating the Chargers this week. I, I'm I'm all on the Raiders hype chain, man. I, I'm excited Ooh. to see what they do. Um, yeah, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Spicy, I like it a lot. I'm going to leave the Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco, <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. Oh, no, someone else has to pick it. It's not good if I pick it again. It is. You, t- you talk about them on every show, so you might as well take <laughs> yeah, it. You might as well. It's it's a disgrace that you've gone this far without mentioning uh, right. the, that game. You didn't even um, say in the open. I was shocked. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Detroit Lions versus Chicago. No, I can't even bring myself to finish that. Um, actually, I think there are a couple of home teams that, that I'm really looking forward to seeing. It's the Josh Allen um, hype train for me. I, he, he was outrageous again last week. I know they're taking on the Texans, but... Um, I love watching that offense play and then, and then the defense is doing some special things as well. And then Dallas Cowboys, I know they're hamstrung by their head coach. Sorry, Will, but uh, there were some, some weird decisions being made for Mike McCarthy, especially clockwise in that Monday night night football game. (laughs) Yeah, I won't. Uh, But then um, uh, I'm loving that Prescott. 
it's a, it's a, an amazing story. And I know it's, it's inflated by the fact that they're America's team and all of that nonsense. Yeah. I did do the air quotes for those people who are listening just to the podcast, but um, the Dallas Cowboys offense is really, really exciting. The offensive line is, is, is almost back to the offensive line of two or three years ago. Um, you've got two standout wide receivers in, in Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. And then they're even make, getting plays out of um, Dalton Schultz, the tight end. And, and I haven't even mentioned the, the, the double-headed, two-headed monster, which is um, Troy Pollard, Tony Pollard and uh, Ezekiel Elliott. So I'm loving look, w- watching the Dallas Cowboys. Well, this offense. is what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say this is what Dallas, we've been waiting for Dallas to do this forever. You know, yeah. now that now this is... If they did anything less than we're doing what they're doing now, it would be a travesty. If, if the, the way they decimated the Eagles on Monday, it's like, oh, there they are. Yeah, and that's oh, what they. Exactly. And, but that's what they should have done, especially because they're so talented. I'm like, if they if they face a lesser opponent, they need to blow them out. Period. Like playing Carolina. Carolina is a you know they're a good football team right now. They're three zero, but again, Dallas needs to like put the pedal to the metal and, and blow these blow this team out. And then everyone's gonna be like, Oh damn. Okay. You know, now we need to watch out for Dallas. And you know, I love stadiums. Will a magnificent stadium. Oh, a magnificent stadium. And I think the best, I think the best. Well, I haven't been to, I haven't been to the Raiders yet. And I heard that's like the club. Yeah. I I'm excited to go to the Raiders. I'm excited to go to Los Angeles later this year right. as well. Um, look, I, 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 right. Cause you bullied me into it. I'll mention some Hawks. <laughs> oh, oh because you bullied me. Genuinely, into it. Like, oh, take, take away, me? take away my, take away my r- rooting interest in this game for the Seahawks coming off a disappointing start to the season to get to go and drag your biggest. I think they are the biggest rivals within the division to get to drag them down to 500 whilst getting back to 500 yourself. Whereas for San Francisco to come off a heartbreaking field goal loss, the best thing you could possibly do is knock the Seahawks team to one and three. So it's a great game storyline wise, two teams that know each other, always play each other tight. It's generally been a great game over the years. It is exciting for a neutral fan. I really like uh, Cleveland and Minnesota this weekend. I think Minnesota are one of the better one and two teams I can remember. The two losses were obviously the overtime loss and then the the late field goal miss. But Kirk Cousins might be playing the best football of his career right now with a really exciting array of weapons around him. And this is the kind of game that if Cleveland are going to prove themselves as an actual contender this year, this feels like the kind of game where they'll be they'd be favourites and they'd go and lose in other times. This is where Cleveland need to go and put their stamp on it and prove themselves against an, a good to at least improving Vikings team. So I think of that early window, it's a game I'm really looking forward to watching. So there we go. I didn't only pick. No, well done. Well, well done. Well I'm done. proud of you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Uh, at least there's loads of other good games in that nine o'clock window. So if it all falls apart, I can just distract myself with some red zone action. Uh, boys, it's always fun. Next week, let's try and at least arrange something in person. Let's get in the studio. It's going to be, we're hopefully going to see Will at the uh, at the pre-game stuff anyway. I don't know whether he knows which teams he's going to visit yet out of the, out of the two games coming to London. And then, of course, it is the London games uh, a week on Sunday. Don't forget that for the second London game, Gridiron are running their after party at Bloomsbury Lanes, October 17th, 5.30 p.m. till late. It's my birthday two days later, so I'm going to be there and I'm going to be having a good time. Uh, Mm. At Bloomsbury Lanes, near Russell Square, dead easy to get to from the Tottenham Stadium. Big screen TVs with red zone and all the action from 
both of these six and 9 p.m. slates. There's pizzas and burgers and hot dogs and beers and uh, bowling lanes and beer pong. It's only a £5 entry. Go to Acridine on Twitter to find out more. It's genuinely a really good time with lots of other football fans. You'll end up meeting people, hanging out with them and having a great time. So go and check that out. Uh, Willie B, any final... I'm not going to say Willie again. That was too much. Will B, any final thoughts from you? None. Good. I like that. Succinct. Ollie I'm just Hunter. ready to go. We got the got the Bengals and the Jaguars tonight. Just to be clear, when he says ready to go, it's very different to when a British person says ready to go, <laughs> which is just, I'm ready to leave now. Can we stop? Yeah, that's I'm ready to crack on. Crack on. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's better. I'm I ready to like crack that, on. Right? Let's do this thing. Yeah. Ollie, any final thoughts? Yeah, that pizzeria in the Bloomsbury Lane is oh. bowling. Um, it's a proper pizza oven, proper pizza chef. It's maybe some, it's up there as in the best pizza I've had in London. So and, and I'd recommend absolutely it. absolutely huge as well. They yeah, it, the size mag- of the it's, table. it's so good. So good. It's, imagine, there, it's worth going for the pizza alone. The pancakes in Uncle Buck, they are pizzas the size of that. That is a very niche reference. I hope somebody got it out there. Thank you very much for listening. This has been The Good Night Show. 